What's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode. If it is your first time here, welcome. Thank you for checking us out. And if you are a longtime listener, thanks for coming back. It is fantastic to have you here. So today I am talking to Adam Wilkes, who is one of the UFB's newest pro athletes. So he has joined me as a UFE pro at his most recent competition. And he's 43 years old. He is a microbiological analyst for a pharmaceutical manufacturing company. And he's also a lifter who has been competing for about five years. So me and Adam, we had an opportunity to really chat about what it takes to become pro. We also dive into flexible dieting and some great ways that you guys can use flexible dieting, both for contest preps, fat loss phases, build phases. We just talk about some really great tools that you can use to be successful with that. Adam is a guy who loves gourmet burgers and candy just like me. He also loves training his back and his legs, which is very similar to me as well. So we have lots in common. You guys are going to get a lot of value from the information that this incredible man shares. We have an opportunity to talk about how he approached his peak week. We also talk about low carb go-tos. We go through his pancake recipe, his Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup burger, low calorie sauces, and just ways in which he structures his build phases, ways in which he structures his fat loss phases so that they can be really, really effective. We go through his favorite back exercises, favorite leg exercises, advice for first time competitors, and just talk about our favorite parts of prep, least favorite parts of prep. And yeah, it was just a really great conversation talking all about what it takes to become a UFE pro. And as you guys know, the UFE is my favorite natural organization. I absolutely love what they provide for the athlete and the experience. And I love that they drug test all of the athletes so that you know that you're up against competitors who have not used steroids to be able to prepare for their prep. So I absolutely love them. I'm going to put the UFE information in the show notes so that you guys can get all the information if it's an organization that you want to give a try to or go check out. So let's get into today's conversation. This is with Adam Wilkes. Let's do it. So, Mr. New UFE Pro, how are we feeling? You know, it's still incredibly surreal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little uh it's it's a little mind-blowing. I mean, it's 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 odd. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. So tell me a little more about why it feels so surreal for you. Do you feel as though it was a goal that you just never thought you would get to or what do you think you're feeling surrounding it well it's it's funny you know i mean it was always the target it was always the goal and uh you get there you show up and you know you know the the lineup was lackluster so i i didn't really have any expectation that it was going to be handed out because you know regulations are regulations and i understand that there's always those you know those clauses that allow for certain things uh, so I just, you know, I went into it and I gave it my all. I did my best and I laid it all out there. And um, just to have them actually say, yeah, you know what, you, you earned it. And I've actually had a few of the judges contact me and say, oh, absolutely, without a doubt, it was well earned. And just to me for that, it, it still just still really hasn't sunk in, right? You know, it's just still sort of like, what, what? 
in the live video, you can kind of see it in my face. I was just kind of like, oh, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was neat. Amazing. Amazing. So now that we're pro, welcome to the pro league. Glad that we're both in the same family now. This is amazing, Adam. Thank you so very much. So 20 weeks out, are we going to compete this year? Are we going to grow for a year? What's your game plan? Oh, no. Game plan is absolutely step on stage in November. Honestly, in terms of just strategic placement, it makes more sense to you know knock it off now and then build for two years and come back and uh, maybe not get as badly beaten <laughs> yeah. against big boys. You know, so it just strategically, it just makes more sense to really step on stage now, get that experience, really feel it take it all in that's probably when it'll really become solidified in my brain that I'm a pro bodybuilder yeah yeah so I do want to bring the audience back to speed here Adam so some of you guys you may have listened to a previous episode and I was explaining why I've decided to compete this year as well so if you become pro you do have to do a qualifying show as a pro either the year that you become pro or the following year. So with natural bodybuilding, it takes time to grow muscle. And so if you're trying to make gains from one show into the next show, what Adam is explaining here is you need to maximize that amount of time. Makes more sense. Get your pro qualifier out of the way. Get that solidified. And then you have an opportunity to essentially grow and and continue to be competitive on a world pro stage, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool beans. So we're coming into peak week and I know that you approached your peak week slightly different than what you've done in the past and it seemed to be successful in terms of what we were able to see from your physique definition wise. So run me through what did you do differently this time around with your peak week? What did you do differently on show day? And now we've had the show day. We've had the day after show day. So how are you feeling about how that all went for you honestly it was a spectacular prep from beginning to end but if let's just talk peak week so what i did is uh, i was gifted the uh complete contest prep guide from lane norton and before i dove into that my plan was always just strip straight down get as lean as possible essentially fat free and then just slowly load in grow as much as possible grow into the show just fill out show up, still drinking water, still, you know, everything normal so that I could be rested, relaxed, and ready to do the best that I could do. So, uh, you know, that was the plan. So I got the book, I gave it a read, and right before the peak week, he says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm like, okay. So I pretty much did the exact same thing, except I did use his salt manipulation. So I started taking... Uh, stock of where my salt was, you know, a couple of weeks beforehand, kept my salt consistent all the way through, and then did the salt spikes and the food spikes as he recommends on show day. And it was amazing. I mean, the flex ability, the ability to flex and all of those things. uh, I mean, I could have held poses for hours. I mean, there's just no fatigue. There is no tremoring. I had a slight leg tremor, but I think that was more of the fact that it was absolutely freezing in the theater and I was still slightly nervous. But come the afternoon or the evening show, I mean, I could have held poses forever. It really is a game changer. Mm-hmm. How is that in relation to the way that you've approached things in the past then, Adam? What did you do last time or in previous shows? 
Well, last time, you know, you water load, you salt load, then you cut the water, you cut the salt, you, you know, you, you deplete for four days, get down to 50 grams of carb per day, and then you load in the carbs. You come in tired, exhausted, you know, not drinking water the day of or sipping water or, you know, slight amounts of water. You just, you're exhausted. Like, it's just, it's so taxing. And as he says, you know, you can't beat homeostasis. Your body's going to do things. I mean, I was leaner this time than I've ever been. I mean, it was just night and day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Leaner, tighter, fuller. And honestly, I looked at pictures. I think you could have even had more. I think you could have even filled out more, which was the same thing sure. I thought for myself. I thought yeah. that, and that was what I got back from the judges' feedback. They were like, you could have even filled out more. And I think it's one of those things when it's happening, we're always so scared to fill out and then spill over. But then we Correct. realize often that, we just, we needed more. And it's even like, you might have looked really great at the beginning of your morning show, but you kind of notice as it tapers off and then later in the day, you may find too that you get flat. And I know with my guys, like I'm just pumping them with carbs and sodium all day long and they even start to look flat while on stage because they can just breeze through them really quickly. It's just a different animal, but. It really is. And you know, that is where that educated eye comes in. Where's the spillover? Where's the flat? Because they look very, very similar right mm -hmm. and you know I, I started by just increasing 100 calories you know on the Sunday before you know so Sunday Monday Tuesday 100 calories up Wednesday Thursday an additional 100 calories up Friday 2,000 calories and then the Saturday you know many many calories but I was you know very close to 2,000 by the nighttime actually I was probably over because I had a burger at lunch because I thought well no you know I just gotta I just gotta eat mm -hmm. um, but uh, what was what was interesting is that my weight continued to decrease <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, like I actually continue to lose weight, even though really based on those those very simple principles of you know twelve calories per pound or fifteen calories per pound, I was technically at maintenance calories for the week mm -hmm. by Friday. Yeah, and I was still losing weight. Yeah, so I had to hit my lowest weight of the entire cut Friday morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love reversing into a show like that. Oh my goodness. So I love that you did that approach. I love to do it with my athletes. I loved it for myself. And you go into that day feeling like a million fucking dollars and you can, that in itself and not feeling like death on show day is amazing. Like absolutely amazing. And then you see other people and you feel a little bit bad for them backstage if they're suffering. So <laughs> suffering so terribly. Right, Adam? <laughs> Yeah, I know you just you can just you can look at them and you just kind of see the look of death on them. And you're like, oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So did you have any hiccups on show day? Like, you know, sometimes just things can happen. Did you have anything out of the ordinary or unpredictable that you weren't anticipating? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, it was funny it was for my quarter turns and mandatories. I had, you know, you don't often get a timeline where it says, okay, we're doing this one at 11.15, this one at 3. So, you know, you, you've got that two-hour, uh, you know, pre-food, pre pre-salt pump. And you, so, you, so you, you take your best guess and I go, you know what? I'm thinking here's where I'm going to be. And I, so I hammered in my food and my salt and my sugars. And uh, I was right on the money, right? I mean, I was next in line. It was going to be exactly two hours on the money. I started getting my pre-pump on and they decided to add in an extra intermission right nice, there right nice. for me. And so I was like, no. So I, you know, I backed off the pump, which was actually really hard to do because it was about 18 degrees Celsius in the back of the stage. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I couldn't get, I couldn't tap a vein if I needed to, but, uh, you know, it was, uh, 
So it was just kind of like, you know, I just went, all right. So I just kind of backed off. I waited, you know, it was 20 minutes and then they, you know, they still had one more routine to go. So honestly, all I did was I took another half of cheesecake bar, crammed it in my mouth and went back to the pump and went out and did my routine. Right. I mean, no, sorry, my, my quarter turns of mandatories. So that was really it. That was the only kind of, you know, like, whoops. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. And what would yeah. you say was your biggest takeaway from the weekend? Like maybe a lesson that you learned or just like an overall thought? I don't know. That's, 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 that's an excellent question. Uh, I mean, I've always known that this is, this is what I love to do. I shouldn't say I've always known, but at least in the last 10 years, I've known that this is, this is really what I love to do. And um, I'd forgotten how much I love the show. Don't get me wrong. I love being in my gym. I love being at the gym. I love doing all of that build work, you know, the feeling the blood, feeling alive. But there's just something about hearing that music, going through those motions, you know, really expressing to an audience how it is that I feel about the sport, especially being natural and knowing that, you know, I'm not a young, uh, a young, young spring chicken. It's just amazing to be able to share that with people and for them to really accept it, acknowledge it, and, you know, appreciate it. I guess that's really, that's really it for me. And just, you know, knowing that when you find people like that and when you find your, your fellow athletes backstage or whatever and that sort of camaraderie, you, you feel whole. Mm-hmm. Right. So that part of you that, you know, you're always kind of, it's like you feel like you're at home. And that's, uh, so I guess really that's my takeaway. Like these weekends, I'm home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know what your full story is, Adam, and we are going to get into that. But I know for me, competing with the UFE and competing with that, just the entire organization, I never show up to a show and feel as though I'm the oddball out, even though I've never been an athlete. Like, I just have always felt that they, even when I did my first show and I didn't know what I was doing and, like, you know, had the crappy tan and did my own makeup, like, they have always just made it feel like you belong here. We are welcoming you with open arms. And I think it just gives a place in the industry when there are so many other shows and other organizations that don't make you feel that way. It's just so great to be part of a place that can provoke that for people and give them a place to and, and, and a stage to compete against natural athletes where, where they have that opportunity to shine and experience that. So I certainly can relate with that as well, Adam. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. So let's go back then. Let's go back to how in the world you got to where you're at right now. You mentioned that, uh, I think you said 10 years How is, yeah. is your lifting career. So what was life like before you started lifting? How did we get into lifting and where did bodybuilding come into this mix for you? Okay. Well, I'm going to go right back to college pretty much. Cool. I'm from born and raised in Montreal. So in college or CJEP, you have to take certain athletics. I did volleyball and there was a really nice program first thing in the morning at 630 downtown Montreal for, uh, for weightlifting. So I just, I took it and uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, part of my exam was you either had to bench 1.5 times your weight, which I can barely still do, or, uh, or squat 2.05. Well, I ended up doing the squat, you know, and I passed with flying colors. And it just kind of took off from there. And, you know, I was always active as a, you know, as a child, you know, I played sports. Uh, uh, I was, you know, athletic. I still ski. I still, you know, do a lot of things like that. Um, you know, played hockey. 
so then I, I got, you know, I left school and, uh, you know, I, I settled down. I, I got married and uh, um, I put on weight. I put on a lot of weight. At one point, I think I was about 165 pounds and then the majority of it was body fat. Um, so my, uh, I'm now on my second marriage. So my first wife and I decided uh, about, uh, I think, 2000 and, when was it, 2007? It's getting a little blurry. But anyway, uh, we decided that we were going to get ourselves for Christmas P90X. And that's where we started. And uh, I loved it. I lost 30 pounds. Uh, and uh, I kept going. She kind of slowed down. I kept going. And I moved to P90X2. And then I moved to P90X Plus. And then, uh, and then Body Beast came out. So I went and I started lifting weights there. And then in 2013, I went off to Las Vegas for the Beachbody Classic, or at that time it was the Beast Classic. So it was a physique contest. I mean, you know, the legitimacy of it in terms of, you know, what were you winning? It was an in-house physique contest. And uh, walking out and doing the little, you know, I knew nothing of what I was doing. I had a horrible tan. Um, and I went out there and I, you know, I did my thing and just, I, I loved it. I'm like, oh, look, I'm back on stage again. This, this, this is good. Uh, you know, I like this. So uh, I went home and decided I was gonna keep going. And then um, I decided that uh, I needed professional help. So I actually reached out to the creator of Body Beast, uh, Segi Kalev, who's an IFBB pro and master pro trainer. And I hired him. And he helped me with my nutrition. He helped me, you know, get my body working properly. And for a few years, we worked one-on-one. And I started lifting. And I started lifting. And I started lifting. And then I met Scott Toussignon through a co-worker. And I started lifting with him. And I started using his programming. And uh, he's like, you know what, if you want to compete, you should really try the UFE. I had a great experience with them in 2012, I think it was. Anyway, Halloween Mayhem. So my first UFE contest was Halloween Mayhem 2014. And I was hooked. So then it was 2015, 2016, and now pro 2018. It's still weird to say. (laughs) Now, okay, I wonder, did I do Mayhem with you in 2014 then? You may have. I was uh, Richard Simmons. Remember Richard Simmons? Mm, I don't know. I think I remember seeing you. I was, uh, maybe that was the show when I went elite figure. I don't, I don't remember if it was 2014 or 2013, but I would have been at, if I wasn't competing, I would have had clients who were competing and, and did it, but. I think I remember. Gotcha. I think I remember you there. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So cool. And and we're going to get to share the stage again. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's going to be awesome, man. Oh, man. Pro debuts together. This is awesome, Adam. It's going to be nuts. Oh, so cool. So, so cool. So we're flexible dieters. I'm a flexible dieter. You're a flexible dieter. We love <laughs> flexible dieting. So let's get deep into that because you always post these creative Fun food, yummy, delicious, sweet things that I'm like, oh my goodness, that looks so damn good. So I just want to share some of those ideas with our audience. And let's just start off with ice cream first. So favorite macro-friendly ice cream, what's yours? Well, so far I have to say, number one, definitely the Briar's Delights. Okay, gotcha. And that's Uh, the little pint, right? Like it has a pint now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're 500 mil or a pint, and uh, you know the chocolate runs at 280 calories, which is great. Vanilla is at 280 calories, which is great. Now the the fancier one, the cookies and creams, about 360. So I usually steer clear of that. 
because I like to add more candy. Nice. What kind of candy? Well, it's typically Reese's Pieces. I've done Smarties. I mean, I've done you know, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I've done the Reese's uh, Snack Mix. So it's got the pretzels mm. as well as the mm-hmm. Reese's and the peanut. I'll put anything on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would you say that you're more of a sweet or a salty guy? Uh, probably sweet. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. Now, I also found some pancake recipes on your Instagram. So would you be able to share your pancake recipe with us? Sure. I mean, it's a very, very basic protein pancake. Uh, You know, one scoop, uh, some egg whites. Uh, Every now and then I'll actually use a whole egg if I've got to fill in some fats. I may mash a banana in there if I'm if I'm feeling creative. Uh, a lot of times I will, um, again, depending on when I'm eating them or how I'm eating them, I actually haven't had one in, in a while, but you know, I'll, I'll put Nutella in them. I'll put peanut butter in them. Uh, I'll put, uh, at one point I had put Lind chocolates on them, you know, and covered them in, in sugar-free syrup. I mean, it's, you know, it's all bets are off as long as I can fit it in that caloric load. I'll put anything in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, do you have a certain amount of calories that you like and carbs that you like to do pre and post workout, or do you have these like the ice cream and the pancakes? Do you like to have them at a certain time of day, or do you kind of go whenever? Uh, well, typically when I'm doing my um, uh, my maintenance day, uh, my you know my treat, uh, you know the ice cream candy or you know whatever, cinnamon bun or whatever it is that I'm having, I'll usually have as the last meal, kind of just cap the day off, right? So I'll, uh, if I'm at work, it's you know it's usually it's it's after the gym. If I'm at home, it's you know after a meal or two after working out. Um, uh, so it's it's sort of that, and I'm always just trying to. Just fill, especially with maintenance days, just trying to fill in those fats and carbs, get them up a bit higher because typically my fats are just a little bit below, you know, daily Monday through, you know, six days a week. They're they're a little bit lower. Um, and I'm always just trying to make sure I get, you know, that 160-ish grams of protein. I'm not overly concerned about the end result. For me, it's a calorie load. If I hit that number, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Very good. Now, what about high protein snacks? What are your go-tos in that department? Uh, I actually don't really snack per se. I mean, I have my five meals a day and they're typically sort of balanced. I'm not sure if it was ever you know, on purpose or just by ac- or just by you know accident. But I mean, I have you know eggs and a bagel in the morning. I have, you know, Greek yogurt with fruit and some peanut butter. And then I have you know a chicken breast and a wrap and then or a pita, I should say. Then I have chicken breast and a salad. And then I have uh, oats, uh, peanut butter and whey. Right. And then when I'm building, I have all of the same things. I just eat more of it. Mm -hmm. Have you found that that's just been helpful in terms of saving mental energy for you being able to do a lot of those kind of repetitive habits? Absolutely. The simpler you keep it, the higher the compliancy, Mm -hmm. right? You don't have to think about what it is that you're doing. You don't have to, uh, know, you know, I guess in other words, not stress, but you don't have to, it just becomes second nature. Okay, meal three, here we go. And you just go and you grab it and you do it. Uh, And, you know, for what it is that we're doing, you know, compliancy is really number one. If you Mm -hmm. can't be compliant to what it is you're doing day in and day out, the result's just not going to come, right? Yeah. So you have to make it as easy and as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. And it's never easy. Yeah, it's not easy. And I think the best tool is, 
Build it around the shit that you like to eat. Make that work for your numbers and then do that consistently. Because there's nothing Correct. saying that you have to, if you don't like this particular vegetable, don't eat that particular vegetable. Don't be forcing yourself to eat it because then you're not going to be consistent with it or you're just going to be choking it down and looking for the next opportunity to binge or overeat because you feel as though you're missing out. Um, but no, those those are fantastic suge- suggestions. Now, what about this Reese's Pieces um, burger thing that you do i saw that a few times on your instagram i'm like is that a building strategy is that like what you do on your refeed but guys uh, you gotta go I'm and actually, check out adam's instagram because it looks freaking delicious <laughs> i was actually going to uh, have a giant one this uh, this friday but we have a, a family engagement on saturday and i think we're probably going to be having a good meal so that's where i'm going to you know take my my um my you know my refeed. I'm now actually really honestly into refeeds, not necessarily maintenance days. As I'm trying to just kind of hold mm-hmm. for a couple of months and then start to kind of peel back down again. But uh, yeah, well essentially I you know I uh, I borrowed the idea from the Works Burgers here in London, and uh, it is it is essentially it you know a hamburger with Reese's peanut butter cups inside of it, bacon. Now I use onion rings to hold the stuff on top, and then you put more Reese's peanut butter cups on top, and then you smush it down, and you eat it, and you are in heaven. <laughs> oh my now, goodness! I've done, I've done the Nutella burger as well, and it's very, very similar. Just it's just a regular burger, bacon, uh, onion ring, and in the onion ring you put in, you know, tablespoon after tablespoon of Nutella, and it's um it's that chocolate and meat, the salt, the sweet is is great. I, I'm starting to put bananas, peanut butter, and Nutella on hamburgers with. Reese's peanut butter cups or Reese's pieces. I mean, you can just, all of those things are amazing. Mm, I've never tried the sweet with the salty. Like, I love burgers, so I'm going to give it a go. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Now, what about some low-calorie sauces? Is there any that you use that are going to help with people who are trying to diet? I have used the Walden Farms syrups and sauces before, and they are very good. I mean, uh, you know, they're hit and miss in terms of, you know, some of that chemical aftertaste. So when you find one that's good, they are very good. My only issue is that I become very sensitized to artificial sweeteners. So, you know, after using them for a bit, they start to really affect my, my gut. And so I back rapidly off of them. And it'll be the same thing with the squirts in the water or, or anything else like that. I, you know, I can use them and I can use them. And then I start to go, oh, that's not so good. So I, I'll back off of them. So I haven't actually used them in a while. Uh, so really, it's it's salt, pepper um, for me, for my meats. I may use uh, La Grille stuff if I can find some that are lower sodium just because I'm already salting and peppering everything. I've just become very good at just eating. You know, it's just for me now, it's just I eat because I know I have to. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. I love eating. Um, but I, I'm okay with it not necessarily being saucy. or And I, I do use um, a lot of uh, Dijon mustard. Nice. A lot of John mustard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Thanks for sharing those with us. And you ran us through a full day of eating. And I imagine that's what both the off-season and the in-season looks like. Now, in terms of the ways that your food may be different on, say, a reefy day or a maintenance day, so to speak, would you lean in the direction on those particular days of dining out versus making your own meals? Or do you always make your own meals on those days as well, Adam? Well, that honestly depends on where I'm at. So right now, uh, because I'm holding, I will go out. You know, I'll go out and I'll eat a meal and not worry about those numbers. As I was pretty much this entire prep, 
uh, I did made them all myself to hit those numbers pretty accurately. Now, I did end up having to go out a few times. Uh, I shouldn't say have to, but I chose to go out a few times because of family functions or things like that. And I just made sure that I had enough calories in the bank. And the nice thing about Ontario is, is that by law, they have to put the caloric value. Now, whether or not they're accurate or not is remains to be seen, but at least you get a general idea of what it is that you can and cannot partake in. Uh, again, you know, even caloric values on the back of nutrition labels, my understanding is that there's a 20 to 25% allowance from the government for accuracy. So really, you don't even necessarily know on the back of your nutrition label just how close you are, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, little ups and downs don't really matter in the long haul of things. But on those days where we were going out, I made sure I had more in the bank, mm -hmm, essentially. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cut an extra meal out, drink more water, and then I had more room to play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Now tell me a little more. You said your prep was awesome and that everything went really fantastically. Tell me about your training volume, your cardio volume, how much steady state, how much hit. Lay sure. it all on me. Okay, well, uh, actually, honestly, I started in, Janu uh, in January. Uh, I do only lifts. All I do is low impact, steady state. I do 30 minutes either on my treadmill, which is on a, you know, a slight incline as much as these, these cheap ones can incline. If I'm at the gym, I'm on the bike because I figured, you know, push as much blood into my quads as possible, get them vascular. I don't Stairmaster anymore after two preps of two hours of Stairmaster, you know, one in the morning, one at night. If I ever have to look at that machine again, I'm just, I'm giving up. And now in terms of uh, workout volume, uh, you know, it, it's always kind of changing, but this prep, what I did is, I just kept ramping it up all the way through. Uh, you know, there's been all these studies about junk volume and frequency and all these things. And, you know, they always keep coming back to us, well, we really don't know. And it is, it is dependent on the person. I never felt fatigued. It was interesting. I mean, I was doing quad sets for three months, uh, chest and back twice a week, which is, you know, it's a shit ton of volume. And I just kept ramping it up and ramping it up. I was adding drop sets to everything. Uh, I was pulling... Uh, five for five, 245 deadlifts all the way through this prep. Uh, I never lost strength and I just kept pushing. And, it, it, you know, it's just, I don't know if it's mental or if it's just, you know, maybe just because I'm little and I don't have very far to travel when I'm, you know, lifting things or squatting things. I just never really suffered in terms of that losing strength. Mm -hmm. So I just kept pushing. So I don't really know total numbers except for legs where I just kept ramping it up. I mean, Last week or two weeks out or one week out, I mean, I did 134,000 pounds through my legs, mm -hmm. which is like, was a record for me. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. I think when you do a prep right, you can either maintain strength. Some I've even seen people gain strength as well, but you shouldn't be decreasing strength astronomically. I found that for me, I maintained deadlift strength, maintained hip thrust strength. And I think it's also like keeping your calories high enough and keeping your cardio relative, like you do have to do some cardio generally, but keeping it low enough that your body isn't so fucking taxed from cardio that you can't pull. Because that's the other thing is like if you're cranking out all the Stairmaster and your quads and hamstrings and glutes are so damn tired from all that cardio that you're doing, you're not going to be able to go and crush personal bests with deadlifts. Your, your legs just are not recovered. Right. And I, I didn't do any fasted cardio. Uh, all my cardio was post-lift. 
Um, uh, you know, I can vary anything in terms of my, my food intake during training days or non-training days. I mean, I ate the same thing six days a week regardless, except for that one day where I would have something different every night. And again, depending on what I was planning on having, I would maybe reduce some of the other four meals that I was having, you know, just to make a little more wiggle room. But for the majority of the part, at least in the last couple of months, it was still pretty much meal one through four and then meal five instead of my my post-workout oats or dinner, depending on if I was home or at work. Uh, then it was my ice cream and, and candy, right? And, you know, the ice cream is a protein ice cream. The, the Briars is a bit lower. It's about 16 grams instead of like 28 with the cool way. And um, so it still hit my numbers. And I also had like a lot of candy, which was can't go wrong. <laughs> I'm a candy lover too. So oh, I hear you. I hear you. That's awesome. Now, what about your favorite back exercises and favorite leg exercises? Because you did mention when we were talking that those are your two favorite muscle groups. Let's do back yeah. first. How do you like to train that back of yours? Oh, just, you know, heavy, heavy and volume, volume, volume. Ah. Uh, you know, picking a favorite back exercise, I'm looking at my Olympic bar now trying to think of what – I love Yates rows. Mm-hmm. Um, I love straight arm pull-downs. I love reverse straight arm pull-downs. Uh, I love rope straight arm pull-downs. Pull-ups, uh, weighted pull-ups. I mean, uh, it's all good. <laughs> it's, it's all hard. good. It's hard to say. It's, uh, it's, it's tough to decide. I mean, it, it's just – I just love to feel that thickness. Yeah. Right? Like I hammered back today and it felt good just to feel – thick yeah 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 love it what about legs legs um i love deadlift mm-hmm. i love deadlifting um you know it's such a it's gonna be such a goofy word but it's 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 so empowering i mean i'm not a heavy guy right now i'm sitting about 120 pounds i still got some food volume in me but you know i you know at one point i was deadlifting 315 pounds mm-hmm. and you know two and a half times you know two and three quarter time body weight Ultimately, this build is going to, after November, is, is going to end when I hit a 405 deadlift. I mean, that's something to, you know, to kind of slap yourself on the back about and say, hey, you know, that's pretty damn impressive, man. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at a body weight of about, maybe about 130 pounds, right? You know, it'll be triple body weight. And so for me, that's, it's that, right? Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I also love a really good squat. You know, I can, uh, my max, you know, again, I didn't do it correctly, but my one rep max was 270. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind doing three plates. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And I love that you're already thinking about how your oh, yeah. build is going to look, what your strength <laughs> levels are going to be. Like, I think that is the true testimony of somebody who just genuinely loves the sport, right? You yeah. genuinely love the sport. You don't do the 12 weeks of, okay, I'm going to push hard for these 12 weeks and then fuck off yeah. in the off season. It's a 365 days a year kind of thing for you. And I just love seeing that through your social media, Adam. Oh yeah. Oh no. I've, I've got these, these two years that are planned out, you know, even with mini goals and where I'd like to be, how soon I'd like to be back to 315. It's, it's all, it's all up there. Mm-hmm. How do you figure that out? Um, I just, I just look at how long it took me to get from one spot to the next. It took me to, uh, I'd set a goal, uh, you know, by the end of May, 2017, that I wanted to hit 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Well, and it took me, you know, it took me, I think it was five weeks to get from, you know, 225 to 315 pounds for two. Uh, and they, you know, and they were belted and hooked and, you know, I was like, yeah. And then 
as I progressed through, I started getting to like 285, 295, non-belted, non-hooked. So, you know, I just look at, at where I am now and, you know, eating 1600 calories, I look at, you know, I look at that I'm doing, you know, 25 reps at 245 and that one couple of uh, episodes I did them at, at 250. I'm thinking, okay, well, once I start you know, re-increasing those calories, you know, I start attacking it differently again, not necessarily five for five, but maybe four times four to six, you know, and I just, I just kind of say, well, you know what, I'd like to see in three months time that I'm back to pulling four by six, 285. Mm-hmm. And then four, you know, then two months from there, I want to be doing four by six by 295, you know, easily. No, no, don't get me wrong. Like, no, not easily, but no grinders where yeah. I'm like going to dislocate my spine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I never do that. When I start feeling something isn't right, I put the weight right down. I walk away from it. I'm, I, I'm not out for glory. I'm not out to put myself in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not your I day. I have a job to get to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not your day. That's the way I always describe it. It's not my day. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not I actually have videos on, on my Instagram where you, you'll actually hear me. I start to pick up. I go, nope. And I put it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's so smart for sure. Now, what would you say to somebody they're going into their very first show. What would you say as now you're a pro giving them the pros advice on how to approach their first competition? Just the competition itself or the whole lead in? Why don't everything? Oh, well, uh, I would say take your time. Be patient. It's not going to happen in 12, uh, 12 weeks. Uh, the biggest thing I see nowadays is everyone's thinking that they can be ready in eight uh, and, uh, you know, and I've, I, I've been a victim of that as well. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with some of the industry, but, uh, it's take your time, be patient. You're going to screw up and that's perfectly fine. Do your best. And that's all you can ever expect. And in time, all of those things will pay off for you. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, enjoy every, every moment of it, every step of it, because if you're not doing it and not, if you're not doing it or fun, or having fun while you're doing it, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you're just waiting to be at the finish line. Like, right. for me, I honestly think I love the lead-up even more. I love show day, don't get me wrong. But, like, I love, love, love the process. Like, I'm obsessed with the process. It is what, oh, I just, I absolutely love it. After you've spent so many years of building that process of getting to see what's underneath is like just the coolest coolest thing to me and yes it is hard as fuck and yes it's like there's so many times when you just want to give up and you just want to lie on the gym floor and be like I'm done somebody roll me out of here but like that is how we become so strong not even just in our workouts but in every other facet of life and that is completely invaluable and that's why I love bodybuilding so much Absolutely. The discipline and the dedication really transcends into every other aspect of your life because you have to learn how to manage your time. You have to learn how to manage your emotion. You have to learn how to manage, uh, well, essentially everything that you're doing and you're doing it because you love it and because you want to do it. It makes it just that much more sweet mm-hmm. when all of those things line up for you. Yep. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah. Really, that's it, right? Just take your time, enjoy it, and and yes, the prep is amazing. When you start to see those details start to pop, and you're like, "Look at that! Where did that come from?" Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. It's like Christmas. 
I, I mean, know. really, I mean, in the last little bit, Christmas every day, you're opening a new pre- a new present all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And how many shows did it take you to go pro? Uh, it took me, this was my fourth UFE, uh, my uh, seventh in total. Like I said, I had done three Beachbody ones. Um, just to kind of, you know, again, it, it, it was, it was fun. It was, it was entertaining. It was, uh, you still get that, that, that prep, you know, you still prep into it. You still do those sort of things. Um, so you still get the feel for it, but this was my fourth UFE show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I think mine was, I think mine was fourth or fifth as well. And I'm, I'm so grateful that it took that long because I don't think, yeah. I think if I would have done better at the sport earlier if I would have like I don't know just been more successful with it earlier and not had to work so hard at it there's no way I would have been mentally ready or like I would have had no idea how to even prepare for the pro league or even what I was up against and I just think it is so good for people to have all of those amateur shows or elite level shows underneath their belt because you learn something from every prep. You learn something from every time that you're on stage. And if you go in with the mentality that you're either doing your first show or even your second or third show and thinking like, well, I worked so hard. Why didn't I get first place? It's like you needed that experience to prepare you for when you are at the pro league and when you're when you're ready, which for your case, even though you didn't have a lot of competition, they saw you and they were like, man, oh man, we know Adam has been working his butt off for years upon years. This is his best physique today. And he is really ready for the pro league. And that in itself should feel so good for you because it's like, you're just, did you feel like backstage? Did you feel it? Did you feel like I deserve to be pro or did you never have that thought think like cross through your mind? I know it was something you wanted, but did you think you had yeah, it? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm, you know, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very scientific. I'm a very logical guy. I'm, I'm a very, I mean, I'm a scientist I, when I'm not lifting. And even when I'm lifting, I guess I'm a scientist, but it's, you know, I just back there, I just kept telling myself, well, you just, you're just going to go do what you're going to do. And you're always just going to do what you're going to do. And if it's something that comes to you, well, certainly you grab it. But um, yeah, you know this 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 may not be your day. This may be another you know air quote loss, and and that's okay because every time you lose, you learn. So coming back to you being you know your first show, yeah, you're right. You know, every time that I lost, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a kick in the gut. But at the same time, you go, okay, I get it. See, I'm not there yet. I'm not this guy yet. Look at him. Okay, I see that. Yeah, you know, you, you do take something away each time, and it does prepare you. Um, you know, a quick shout out to my uh, my guinea pig uh, Melody. You know, when she took her first, uh, you know, her first loss. I mean, it crushed her, right? Because she went into her first show, did really well. She went into her second show, and 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 didn't do well. And I'm glad that happened. You know, as as difficult as it was for her, and you know, I was trying to talk her down off the ledge. Uh, I, you know. It was important. You have to kind of, you have to lose. You do. You have to understand what, you know, what happens when you lose and how do you rebound from that and how do you grow from that? Um, so I was prepared to take a, I was prepared to take another hit. Like I honestly, I, and I was okay with it. Right. I, I truly was, I, you know, I've gotten to that place where I'm like, listen, I, I did everything I could possibly do. I had already won before I even showed up. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, essence because you know there was a lackluster lineup i was already 
so far beyond where I have ever been. Mm-hmm. And the way that I did it, the method that I did it, and how I felt about how I did it, and then just how I felt in general, uh, I, I had already won. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly, I, I could have not gone and, 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 and been happy. Like, mm-hmm. I looked at myself show morning and I went, like, this is, this is unreal. I mean, I still look at the pictures and look at my legs and I go, I can't believe those are my legs. Right. So I had already won. So uh, taking another loss um, would have been fine. Uh, the fact that they, you know, that they, they gave me that status based on the work that I had done is, is a, a huge honor. And I mean, I have thanked Sean, I think probably a hundred times at this point. Uh, told, <laughs> I hold that, that honor incredibly high and that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I am, you know, the best that I can be at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I love that you say that you need to lose, and I agree 100%. I also believe that so often when we lose, it's very easy for us to look at the experience and not look at it from like the way and the perspective that you have as a scientist. So for me, when I lose, it it. as much as you feel that emotional I don't know that sadness it's like no we're going back to the drawing board let's identify where the weaknesses are let's look at this from like a very logical perspective what are the areas in which I can improve versus taking it so personally and taking it so to heart that you're just like I can't believe that I didn't do better. It's like, no, this is your opportunity to now identify the weaknesses and focus on them. So how do you mentally look at the weaknesses and not see them in a negative light? Like, how do you look at the weaknesses very objectively and be like, okay, no, my off season, now I know I need to build my quads. So that's not, um, that's not something like, do you know what I mean? Like, like dissociate yourself from it versus taking it so personally because maybe men are better at it than women but women take it very very hard when they don't win it's like i'm never gonna have her butt i'm never gonna have her shoulders and it's like okay well maybe you didn't at this show and maybe you don't have the insertion points and maybe you don't have the genetics that she has but you it's like separating yourself from that and being like it is possible i now have to just come up with the game plan how do you how do you do that well, uh, listen. When when men get down to stage, for, gets down to stage lean, uh, typically our testosterone plummets. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, we do become a little emotional. So you know, we do have our moments where. I mean, yesterday when I was receiving messages from people, I mean, I had a few moments. But what's what's interesting is is that, you know, I guess for me, I'm not overly overly emotional. So I just I, I take it. I absorb it and I just say, okay, where do we go from here? What do I do next? Oddly enough, I've, you know, I've been looking at even the own pictures from my own live videos and things like that from the competition. And yes, I see exactly where you say where I could have filled out. First thing I said uh, in, in my post today of my pictures of my winning moment was, okay, uh, biceps and triceps are tiny. Got to grow them. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right away, I mean, even though I won, I was still looking at what I had yep. and what I need to improve upon, right? Mm-hmm. Because it this this is a game of constant improvement. Yeah. So I've always kind of looked at it that way. I'm not anywhere near done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I no standards am I done. I mean, there's still so much work to do. There's back thickness that has to happen. 
quads have to be more vascular, larger. I mean, there's always more work to be done. And the first thing I noticed was like, ooh, biceps and triceps are really not balanced with my delts anymore. Okay, they're coming up. Mm-hmm. So what am I ha- what am I hammering for July? Mm-hmm. Biceps and triceps, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Being executed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome, Adam. I know for me personally, it's um, it's it's one of those things. I'm like, there's never a finish line, and that's why I love it. I love it. It's yeah. like, yeah, you check it off, and but it's like it's just the beginning of another race, and I love that part of it. I love it because then it's like you're excited, you're starting the race again, and it's like now, okay, yes, that was great, but now where do we? I don't know where do we go from here but you're excited about that process and and that's fantastic now what about things that you hate about prep can you identify anything that is like your least favorite part about prep or maybe even least favorite part about the show day I know some of my people say like I don't like getting that icky tan on me or (laughs) it could be anything is there anything that you're just like oh I just don't like that part of it well I'll be honest with you I mean it's my last one was 2016. I guess I didn't really like the water loading. Drinking drinking 12 liters of water was was not a lot of fun. Uh, that was the hardest part, especially the first day. Uh, you know it, that that was tough and that wasn't overly fun. And you know getting up three times a night to pee wasn't wasn't a lot of fun either. Um, you know uh, you know being tired and being hungry was not fun. And see, I experienced none of those things on this prep mm-hmm. because of the way that I did it. And because I focused on quality sleep, I was hungry one day, and that was because my little guy was uh, was sick one night, and he woke me up, and I so I only got maybe about three hours of sleep that night. So the next day was excruciating, but I just kept telling myself, "Buddy, you're tired. You're just tired. You're not actually hungry," and it kind of dissipated. So you know, I guess yeah. I'm ultimately for most people, it would be the hunger, the fatigue, and all those things. But because I did not experience those things, I really had nothing to really hate about this prep and in terms of the tan i love the tan i walked off the elevator i could smell it right away i'm like oh yeah there it is mm-hmm. i love the smell of spray tan uh you know i love louise and her crew at monaco sun events i mean they're fantastic so you know they're top notch so i love spending time with them so yeah i mean i, I love it all like it, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to pick something that i don't like <laughs> now that mm-hmm. i'm doing it quite efficiently right? yeah yeah yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I would say for me, my least favorite part of like the entire process is the disconnect between me and my, well, he's my fiance right now, that we don't spend as much time together as a family and as much time together as what we would normally do. And that was something over the last prep that was really hard because I wasn't training at the same time each day. Now, what we've decided for both this prep and just moving forward in our lives, we're going to put my son in daycare more. And what that's going to mean is I can work a little bit more during the day. He's in daycare a little bit more. I'm also training during the day while he's in daycare. So yes, they're spending more money on daycare, but we've decided that instead of me training in the evening and then us never having any time together as a family, we're just going to approach it differently this time around so I think that will be something that will be different this time yeah. around but have you noticed that your time either as well, a family like is it affected well we have a, a very um, odd schedule to begin with because I work a continental shift and I actually work out of town I'm gone seven days out of 14 so oh, when okay. I'm at work I don't see them anyway 
Um, when I'm at home, I work out during the day. My wife works nights, so she's typically sleeping. So I'm working out when she's sleeping and the kids are at school. Right? Mine are 14 and 11, or almost 15 and 11. So the 15-year-old doesn't want to spend any time with me anyway. He's online with his friends. The 11-year-old is gone from you know 9 a.m. to 3:30 uh, p.m. at school. So that's typically when I'm lifting. So I see them. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I see them when uh, I'm typically not. Um, you know, uh, missing out on those moments. And even 11 year old now, you know, he's spending his time with friends and things like that. So I'm not spending, you know, a whole lot of time having to throw the ball with him or those sort of things. They're at the age now where they're going off doing their own thing, right? Yeah. And typically my wife works night, so I don't see her at night. And during the day, she's sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But you guys have your groove and maybe it's a little, it may probably different. I could see that with my little... My little squirt yeah. being two and a half and wanting to hang out. Yeah, well, and... certainly when I when I first joined this family and he was and the little one was three, yeah, it made it a little bit different. You know, it was a little bit more difficult. But I don't think you know we're talking seven seven years ago. Um, you know, I wasn't doing what I'm doing now seven years ago. Right? I, I, yes. You know, and so it was a little different. But now that they're at that age, it's it's really it's kind of perfect. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's amazing. Very cool. Very, very cool. So we'll wrap up today's episode just with where can people find you online, Adam? Well, they can find me on Facebook at just Adam Wilkes. And uh, they can now find me online uh, Instagram at adamwilkes.ufepro. So exciting. So, so, so exciting. So I will be sure to put that into the show notes. And just to wrap up today's episode, we do like to end every episode in the same way. So Adam, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, just as somebody who, um, who just, who really, you know, who cares. I, I, I genuinely like people. I genuinely want to help people. Um, you know, I just, uh, I just, I give a crap. Cool. <laughs> cool. I love that, Adam. And that really speaks to your character. You're always giving. I love that you spread so much positivity online. I'm excited that I'm going to get to meet you in 20 weeks time. I know we may have crossed paths at previous shows, but this will be very different experience, both getting to make our pro debut together. So I'm really looking forward to that. Me too. Excellent. Well, have yourself a good day and thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me, Ange. It was great. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye. What a great episode. I'm so grateful that Adam came on. I hope that you guys enjoyed that episode. Now, I have one more announcement, and that is that the Team and Women's Training event and camp is open. And I really do want to make sure that if it is something that you are interested in, that you get to sign up now because we only have a limited amount of spots available for camp. So, what is camp all about? The Team Ant Women's Training Camp is a weekend getaway where you'll meet up with me and meet up with our group at our camp location in Gorey, Ontario, Canada. We're going to start off our day with relaxing yoga sessions and we're going to be out in the beautiful Ontario wilderness. We're going to come back in after those yoga sessions and have fresh fruit smoothies and make granola yogurt parfaits for breakfast. Then we have our group sessions, which are your time to work one-on-one with experts on how to execute movements 
properly to really get the results that you're hoping for in your body. We also have fantastic sessions where we're talking about specific things nutrition related. So maybe you want to learn about flexible dieting or maybe you want to learn about how to optimize your pre and post workout nutrition. We have sessions about that. We have sessions about how to use a TRX. We go through how to train anywhere. So how do you work your body when you've got no equipment? We go through that. We have yoga for lifters, partner yoga, all of these amazing sessions so that you can customize the weekend to be exactly what you want. You're gonna be surrounded by a tribe of women with similar goals and interests. You're also gonna get the support, the encouragement that you maybe have been missing in your life. We're gonna do motivational exercises together, team building activities, all with people who just understand this lifestyle. This training camp really is a fun space where you're gonna get to make lifelong memories, be around like-minded friends, and really take your training to the next level. We are gonna work through making high protein snacks that actually taste good. We're gonna go through supplementation so that you don't waste your money on things that don't work. We're gonna get up and personal by empowering and encouraging one another to hit our goals, break through negative mindsets. We also have this amazing booty yoga teacher that's coming and booty yoga is really this powerful blend of tribal dance, plyometrics, vinyasa style yoga, and just a way to allow your body to let loose. We're gonna make meals together, memories together, and you're really gonna have a weekend that is gonna set you up for long-term success. You're gonna learn how to train your glutes, how to train your legs, how to train your shoulders, your back in a close, intimate environment so that you can now take your body to the next level. This entire weekend is really about you no longer feeling alone on this journey, you being able to connect with a tribe that is gonna support you way beyond this weekend. A support group that is going to now include women from all over the world. We've had some registrations come in and I'm like, oh my goodness, these women are traveling from lots of places in the US, lots of places in Canada, and we're all gonna be together for one weekend to really empower one another and be able to connect on a deeper level. So guys, the link for this is in the show notes. You can also find it in my Instagram. You'll find the link. You'll find it in YouTube. I just want to make sure that you guys are where you need to be if this is calling you. If any of this is like, oh my goodness, I really do need to be there. We only have early bird pricing on until tomorrow. So you can save $200 when you sign up before tomorrow. And tomorrow is going to be cutting off that early bird price at noon. And I wanna make sure that you are signing up before that so that you can save some money and you really can make sure that you secure your spot for this camp. So guys, that is it from me. I really do hope that I get to meet you and that I get to hug you and that I get to hear your story at camp this year. Lots of love today and always. See you next time.